Welcome back to the Watch You Sit Wine and Spirits podcast, the podcast where you get to hear what we have to say, but you don't have to look at us. We are in full swing of Bourbon Heritage Month here in September. And you know, last week we talked about five great bourbons under $25 that we can drink every day while celebrating Bourbon Heritage Month. Well, this week on the podcast, we're making cocktails with those same five bourbons. It's a great, great time. Corey's in the house as always. And then after we wrap that up, we're joined as usual by our beer manager, Matt. We're going to do a little yay or nay tasting with some new RTDs. We're also going to taste new fall releases from Wachusett Brewery. It's a good time as always, and it's just great for us to kind of hang out as a crew. Uh, and yeah, just have some fun. So hopefully you guys enjoy the episode. If you do you guys know the drill. Go to the podcast page. We're on Spotify and a bunch of other platforms, wherever you're getting podcasts from. Go to the podcast page. Click that follow button. Give it a five-star rating. Share it out on your social media. Uh, follow on Facebook, where we're putting up pictures of new products all the time, but also events, tastings, anything that's going on with the store, we're posting it on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram, where Matt is always putting up pictures of new beer arrivals. And for complete lists of weekly craft beer arrivals, follow us on the Untapped app as a venue. You'll get updates every week of the newest, freshest local beers coming into the store. For anything else, questions, whatever, you can reach me, rich at wachusettliquors.com. All right, guys, enjoy the episode. Um, cheers. Yeah. We do not. We haven't been able to get any Kirsch for a while. Uh, I've been trying. Uh, LaRue is the brand that we carried, and they don't have any right now. We do have Cherry Hearing on the shelf. Um, so yeah, we're about to go live on Facebook. Uh, this is such an exciting episode. Uh, we're back making drinks. And then, you know, after we're done with the whiskey portion, definitely stick around. Uh, we are doing a yay or nay that we're predicting is going to be a nay RTD tasting. And then we're going to do some fun stuff, fall releases from uh, Wachusett. We're going to be tasting their pumpkin, their October, their Imperial pumpkin, uh, and maybe some Sam Adams stuff as well. Uh, lots of cool whiskey announcements coming, so... Whenever you're you're ready there. Should be good. Should be good. Awesome. I am I for real, like I am so pumped for this day because this is what I did for forever. And this was a big part of what we started doing in the beginning. Uh good afternoon guys. Whiskey Wednesday, Spirits Guy coming to you guys live from Wachusett Wine and Spirits out here in West Boylston. Uh, I know you're looking at these whiskeys and you're going, wait a minute, that's what they talked about last week. Last week we talked about the bourbons. This week we're going to talk about what to do with these bourbons, which is make cocktails. And since Fred Minnick said it in his video that we talked about last week, about how he likes a good Jack and Coke, turns out it's okay like to use whiskey in drinks. Also, if you've got somebody who's not, uh, you know, like a lot of us who can't drink whiskey straight or doesn't want to drink whiskey straight, these are some alternatives to get your friends to drink bourbon mm -hmm. uh, with you. Uh, before we get into the cocktail part, 
lots of cool, cool stuff going on. Just into the store, my friend Mike Connell finally broke me down. Old Elk is finally here. We have the flagship, which is a high malt bourbon, five-year. And then this, I'm going to say it now, my top ten whiskeys of the year have been reshuffled again. Oh, God. This is just out of this world good. Not cheap. We're tipping the, the $100 scale, but whew, this is special. Um, I don't even know if you've ever seen these bottles. Nope. I'll I've let heard, you hold that. Yeah, it's a beast. <laughs> it's like a beast. It's, it's I've heard it's so heavy. much about all Old Elk, but I've never never had it, I believe. So when you flip it to the side, it's a four grain. It gives the breakdown yep. of all the grains, the percentages, uh, six to seven years. It's the age of the whiskey, made by Greg Metz, who was the guy who was the master distiller for Seagram's. That would later become MGP, which is now Ross and Squibb. So this is the guy who is behind a lot yeah. of the whiskeys that we enjoy today and now this is his own brand what else we get going on in whiskey coming in tomorrow uh yellowstone limited edition okay finally coming tomorrow that you've seen out in the wild uh in other accounts yep. um i believe there's some michter's toasted barrel sour mash coming tomorrow small small amounts uh, don't hold me to that one. The order is in. I was told it was good, but who knows? You know how they think those yeah. things work. Um, there's some Starwood coming tomorrow, which is going to be our second Australian okay. uh, whiskey coming in. This thing has won a ton of awards. I'm really curious to see how it plays against the Morris. Uh, just a lot of fun whiskey stuff. What else we got? Uh, yeah, Rittenhouse still probably a month or so out. I've got some four square exceptional cask rum coming in on Friday. Their uh, stuff is unbelievable. Yeah, their stuff is fantastic and super rare and limited. Like I had to call my sales rep to order it, who had to call his boss, who had to go up the food chain, had to get through like three allocations before we were able to get a case. But because we are the store that we are and we do what we do, we were able to get one case allocated to us. I think I have four bottles sold already. Really? Wow. Before we even announce it. All right. Getting to making cocktails. How you doing? You good. Tough Pats game. Say yeah. that for sure. Yeah. Oh. Not pretty. Not pretty. No. no. Uh, Your Steelers look pretty good. Steel is, man. I mean, that's the game nobody does. wanted to win. I know. Seriously. <laughs> They didn't look as like bad as I thought they would, though. No, they, they looked okay. I mean, if the Bengals... I don't know, there was a, a call there, too, where... Yeah. Wasn't the Bengals guy, like, in for a touchdown, and yeah. they ruled him out, and coach didn't challenge that for whatever reason. Not to mention Burrow throwing five interceptions, mm. too, so that's yeah. pretty rare. But I, All um, around, I think this, this week of football was pretty fun to watch. Yeah, it was. Especially Monday's, Monday night game was awesome, too. It was fun to watch because all the teams you love to hate lost. Yep. <laughs> Packers. Yep. Oh, uh, yeah. Cowboys. Yep. And, and uh, TB12 looked good. He looked all right. Yeah, didn't look great. but His face looked a little off, but no, yeah. he's got some work done. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Um, <laughs> he's going through it. Rams, man. I never thought Stafford was... Great, yeah, 
He's a good I feel player. like he yeah, he's a good showed it. Yep. He's good, but he's he's not great. That, that yeah. game was not pretty. Yeah, if you surround him by good players, mm. he's going to be good. Good. Buffalo looks like the real deal. Yeah. Right out of the Chiefs gate. Chiefs as well. Chiefs look great. Yep. Chargers look great. Yeah, the East is going to be tough. Yeah, the, the East is a beast, yeah. without a doubt. Yeah. All right, we got a bunch of cocktails to make. Yeah, bunch recording, of different. We're recording a live video. Dude. You're, That's fine. I'm gonna show you something. You're on. Oh, sorry. <laughs> That's awesome. Didn't see my face, did it? Just proves we are live. All right, let's uh, start with some of the basics. Nice, simple. While I make this, I'm gonna have you try this. All right. All right. Let's start with the Manhattan. Truly classic, simple, easy to make. Uh, every self-respecting home bartender ought to be able to pull this off. It's just bourbon, bitters, vermouth, little little touch of fruit. That is it. Uh, I'm gonna build this into Perry glass. This stuff is fantastic. Yes, is. Uh, this is new. I actually had Peter Thomas try this yesterday. Uh, and he was still messaging me this morning, raving about how good <laughs> I, I it was. about it. Yeah. And of course, Peter is the book of knowledge, so, you know, he had it all broken down. What do we want to use? I'm going to go wild turkey wow. my Manhattan. That is unreal. Yeah. There's so much flavor right on the tongue. That is like no other vermouth that I have ever had. So we're gonna make this in a peri glass. And yeah, we're gonna serve it all in these glasses. I know it should go in a martini glass, but just it's pretentious. Yeah. We're gonna spill it. Mm -hmm. And if we get things chilled properly, we should be good. So peri glass. Kind of a mixing glass makes it a little easier to work with. Again, I'm going to use wild turkey for this because we're using a sweet vermouth. And wild turkey tends to be a spicier bourbon. Simple, simple recipe. Yeah, why not? <laughs> Just two ounces of bourbon. Or rye, but it's Bourbon Heritage Month, so we're using bourbon. Mm -hmm. I do like my Manhattans made with rye uh, as well. Half an ounce of... I promise you folks, <laughs> I have not started drinking yet. Wow. Just look at the way that color yeah, that changed as soon as that vermouth hit it. That's why I know it's from that vermouth in the first place. The color was crazy. It's dark. It's aged for like a year, like... It's got a lot going on. Does vermouth do a, a lot to age it? Or yeah, it I mean, depends. they oxidize that wine. So basically, it's a fortified yeah, wine, like, you know, uh, like port, mm -hmm. Madeira, Marsala, things like that, um, sherries. So they kind of oxidize this. They let it age. Okay. Um, and then it's obviously infused with different herbs and botanicals. Now, the key to a great Manhattan is bitters. What are we using? For I this? have brought four with me for a couple of reasons. Peychaud's 
uh, which I just love. Fee Brothers and Ango. If people are wondering what the difference is. Things like Angostura, Reagan's, Peychaud's, they're alcohol-based. Mm -hmm. So if you have somebody like my girlfriend who doesn't drink alcohol, yeah. but still wants to do mocktails, you want to look for Fee Brothers. They make non-alcoholic bitters. They use, I think they use like glycerin or something in there. Um, but there's no alcohol at all. And they're still fantastic. And they're fantastic, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of torn between Angostura and Black Walnut. I think I'm going to go Black Walnut. Love it. It's just a couple of dashes. Nice and easy. This, if you're wondering what bitters are, and we've talked about this in the past, it's kind of the seasoning. Yeah. Like when you're making dinner, mm -hmm. you throw some seasoning on there, some garlic powder, some salt, some pepper, whatever. Um, it just takes everything and elevates it. I mean, yeah, you introduced me to them like when I first started working here, and it completely changed how I looked at a cocktail. A few little drops completely changed it. It's wild. So you want to gently stir it. Uh, we call it a stirred cocktail. You don't want to shake these. You don't want to break down the ice. You're just basically twirling that spoon around to get everything nice and cold. All we really want to do, just get it chilled up. Every home bartender should have strainer, also known as a Hawthorne strainer. You notice the peri glass has a little mouth there. That's yeah, perfect. Manhattans, you can serve them straight up like this, serve them on the rocks, however you like it done. Traditional garnish. It's going to be a cherry. Boom. You know what? If you want to get adventurous, you can pour a little bit of that cherry juice in there, yep. too, to get some more flavor. But these, uh, we actually sell these here. Pretty much everything we're using today, we have available for sale here. These are Woodford cherries, mm -hmm. so they're soaked in Woodford. Um, some people like maraschinos. We have the Bada Bings. Yeah. We have a couple of different options for cherries. I know we sell them, but I recommend staying away from those maraschino, bright red, whatever those yeah, things are. They're yeah, just not really real. <laughs> yeah. So that's what it looks like. By the way, if you're watching out there, uh, Glenn, I know. Then was like, maybe I'll come down and I'll have a drink. There'll be plenty to drink, so <laughs> come down and visit. Oh, yeah. This is just absolutely classic. Mm -hmm. Simple steps. Yeah, it's fantastic. I think the black walnut was the move. Mm -hmm. Especially with that particular vermouth. Which, again, is the key to a Manhattan, is the vermouth. And we have options. Antica Formula, Punta Mas. Don't skimp on the vermouth. And, as always, if you've got a bottle of vermouth that's been in your fridge longer than two months, dump it out, throw it in the recycle bin, go down and buy a new bottle of vermouth. Yeah, yeah that's black oh. walnut spot on. Yeah, you get that nuttiness in the back. Yeah. Because that vermouth has so many, like, sherry kind of notes to it with yep. that, that real nutty and honey all right cocktail number two 
we are going with old fashioned. And again, this is one of those ones that every self-respecting home bartender should be able to make. Easy, old fashioned cocktail. And this is actually based on what the definition of a cocktail means. It's spirits, sugar, bitters, water. Now, some people will take, I have sugar cubes around here somewhere. You can throw a sugar cube in there, throw a dash of bitters on it, a little bit of water, muddle them up, break them down. Um, I'm not going to do that. Actually, you know what? We're on our own time. Yeah, right. We'll do this both ways. I'm in no rush. These have gotten super hard to find, too. Sugar cubes? Yeah, since COVID. These were really hard to find. So you just throw a little cube of sugar in there. Then do a dash of Angostura bitters. A couple of dashes. And then just... Just a drop of water. The reason for this is sugar doesn't naturally emulsify. So if you just poured the whiskey in there right now, like the sugar would stay grainy. Yeah. It just wouldn't dissolve. Now, the other way you can do this, and we don't have any of this in stock right now, but this is gum syrup. Oh, okay. This is actually the way that we made old fashions pre-prohibition because sugar wasn't available in commercial form in big blocks. It will get the game changer. Yeah. So with this, you don't need the water. Just enough gum syrup to coat the base. And I'm going to use the same bitters in this. So with that gum syrup, you're basically doing the sugar and the water At once, yeah. in one. You could almost use like simple syrup with this too. Uh, but gum syrup is made with gum arabic. It's just viscous. It's big. It, it just changes the texture. Now, the other thing to me that changes the game with Manhattan, uh, with old fashions. I had to mule these in. <laughs> and we actually do sell these. Not the cubes, but the trays. You can buy acrylic oh, yeah. ice trays that make... Big ice cubes. Yeah, I think I got some off Amazon for less than ten dollars. Yeah, they're super cheap. So we're gonna use these first. We want to kind of stir that up. See how the sugar's all broken down just from the water. Emulsify those bitters in the gum syrup. You can smell it already. Yeah, yeah. And this is the easiest drink to make too. You just drop the ice cube in. What do you think? Bottled and Bond? Jim Beam Black? Four Roses? Four Roses? Yeah. So my podcast this week, we're talking about Four Roses. I've been talking all month about distilleries I've actually visited yep. and been to. Um, and this is one of them. You know, Buffalo Trace is like Disneyland. But Four Roses is just beautiful. It's all 
Spanish mission style architecture. That's right. It's beautiful. It looks like something that should be in Southern California yeah. or Northern Mexico. And that's it. We're pretty much done with the drink other than kind of like we did with the Perry glass. Just get in there, stir that up. Basically, you're just getting it cold. This is the easiest drink to make. I don't understand old-fashioned mix yeah. that you add to your whiskey. It just doesn't make any sense to me. I'm not even sure what's in there because it's really just whiskey and, and bitters. Yeah. yeah, I don't understand that either, really. And it's sort of the final piece of this. Just want to garnish it. A little orange kind of twist. They call it a twist because you twist it, you release the oils. These are going to be so good, I can already tell. Since I dragged you down here, I'll let you taste those out. <clears throat> Again, Glenn, Peter, if you want to stop by, we'll, we'll make you some old There fashion. was no dragging, I promise yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm. One thing that is important when you're doing this is always clean your gear in between. I mean, you can really taste that gum syrup in there, how thick it is, and it makes it definitely makes you... I haven't tried this one yet, but what? I feel like everybody else who's ever tried it with the gum syrup is just blown away by the viscosity. That's the biggest difference, is how much body it adds to the drink. I feel like with the one without the gum syrup, you can kind of almost taste the alcohol more. Mm -hmm. And this one with the gum syrup kind of swallows and bodies it over. Yeah. Like a little easier, almost easier to drink. They're both amazing. Both are easy to drink to me, but. <laughs> All right. I'll take the little tasters out of the way there. Because as we start drinking, the more glass that's on the bar. Fill up, yeah. End of the Facebook video yeah. this big. <laughs> this glass shower of, <laughs> of things. All right. We've done old fashioned. We've done Manhattan. All right. I'm going to do this had to make sure I was still qualified to do this earlier. We are doing whiskey sour. I feel like we're going to go I love that class. Evan Williams bottled and bond. So yeah, this is, I mean, it's branded aviation because it's what's called a Collins glass. Oh, okay. Yeah. But it's specifically designed for this type of cocktail. So this is a shaken cocktail, and it's shaken because we're using citrus. So I'm going to use a little bit of lemon juice. And again, if you're doing this, if you're impressing your friends, you're having friends over, squeeze the lemon juice. I was doing this this morning. It took me 10 minutes to squeeze a few ounces of lemon juice. It's just better than that stuff you buy in the bottle. And you don't really get lemon juice you can use sour mix but there's chemicals and weird yeah, sugars and, totally and, and, and like i said before i i got a uh, squeezer yep 
for less than ten dollars as well yeah, on Amazon. They're, they're really they're so easy. easy to find. Uh, even the gum syrup, which I usually buy on Amazon, you can get this for like ten bucks a bottle, and you use so little of it. Yeah, it'll last you you for a get while. the miles out of it. Um, so simple syrup, which again, so easy to make your own. You use a cup of water, half a cup of sugar. Turn it on, bring it almost to a boil. Don't let it turn brown. Cool it. It'll last for a month in your fridge. Again, we sell the pre-made simple syrup, but it's so easy to make your own. It's just not. And with this, you know what you're getting. Yeah, it's fresh. It's just sugar and water. So I've got simple syrup that I homemade, lemon juice that I made. And then the key to a great sour egg whites this is the way we made sours before such a thing as sour mix you just transfer the yolk back and forth separate the egg <laughs> First time you made a drink like this for me, I was like, what am I doing? Yeah, it's, uh, and I get, it's a little weird, um, but this is how we did it before. Yeah. And if you're weirded out by this, and I get it, um, in the grocery store, you can sometimes find where the egg beaters are, yep. just cartons of egg whites, and those are pasteurized, so they are perfectly, perfectly safe. I've got my citrus, I've got my sugar. And I've got my egg whites. What I want to do, if you guys could see inside, you'd see the egg whites look clear. We're going to do what's called a dry shake. And what we're doing is we're incorporating the egg white and the citrus. We need to break down the acid of the citrus. Actually, here the cans pop because the, yeah. the oxygen is getting in there. Now, if you guys could see inside, it kind of looks like meringue. It's white, it's fluffy. We've aerated, we've incorporated everything. At this point, fill my glass with ice. Again, we're dealing with egg whites, we're dealing with citrus. We want this super, super cold. Keeps it nice and refreshing. Drives me nuts. It just, just sort of brings everything back of like when you watch a bartender shake and they do that. Yeah, like twice. It doesn't I've, do I've it so much now ever since you said that to me. I'm like, it's the most bartender thing that a bartender can do is a good, healthy shake. And I think understanding why we shake things, it's citrus. We need to break it down. We're giving body to the cocktail. And obviously we're incorporating the ingredients. This. Fell a little short. But as that settles in a second, you're going to see a head develop on that. What did you use for Evan Williams? Uh, did we actually put bourbon in there? Nope. Oh, good <laughs> thing you're here watching. That's why we fell short. I was like, because I was a little confused. 
You did everything except for that. Yeah, I did everything but the bourbon. It's because <laughs> I was talking, rambling. It's all right. Oh, like you said, boy. we're on our time. Yeah. You know, I actually did that behind the bar once. Long time ago. I just forget to put alcohol in the drink. Talking too much about the technique. I gotta start drinking. I'm off my game today. <laughs> Without the alcohol. So is that two ounces of whiskey? Two ounces, yeah. Thankfully, easy fix. Gonna be a little bit colder now. Change the ice. Make sure we're pouring it over fresh ice. There it is. Gorgeous. That is beautiful. Pour a little for myself. Dump clean. Give it a taste. You can literally taste how fresh that lemon is. If you were using like the little lemon things you squeeze out. Yeah. But it, it does have that like natural sour lemon to it. Yeah, it's it's real lemon and it, it makes all the difference in the world. I think that's the right bourbon for it too. Mm -hmm. The 100 proof. Kind of gives it a little bit more body. Yeah. A ton of flavor in that. So it tastes like like bourbon. Yeah. Honestly, I tested it earlier with the four roses. And much. the lemon kind of overpowered it. Mm. But that is right there. It literally tastes like bourbon sour. Mmm. That is so good. Oh, yeah. Mmm. It's one of those ones that's kind of dangerous because you just want to keep drinking it. Well, yeah, and especially like if we were in the summer, like oh yeah, it's refreshing. Yep, citrus. All right, I'll get two more that I'm gonna torture you guys with. Love it. You're like torture, man. <laughs> yeah. The next one. This is kind of one of my favorites. And again, I'm going to go with the big cube here as my prep. And this is a drink called the Boulevardier, which a lot of people think is a twist on a Negroni. But historically, the Boulevardier appeared in print. 24 year, 20 years before Negroni appeared in print. Now, I don't know if they were yeah, making, making which one up. first, but in a, as far as historical yeah. records, it's basically 20 years older. Yeah. It predates the Negroni. Is there, <clears throat> wasn't there a cocktail that was like they found in the wall? Or? So that's the one we're going to make after okay, this. Okay. No spoilers, so, no spoilers. Negroni, which I love, one of my favorite cocktails. It's it's kind of become a big thing. Gin, sweet vermouth, uh, and a bitter liqueur. 
basically the Negroni is based on a cocktail called the Americano, which was sweet vermouth, Campari, and soda water. And then a the guy walked into a bar and he wanted a stronger version of it, so they substituted gin for the soda water, and there's where your Negroni is. This is the same style. It's an even build. It's a stirred cocktail, equal parts, whiskey, sweet vermouth, and a bitter liqueur, either Campari or Aperol. One ounce of each. I'm going to do this one with Campari. I don't have a full bottle of Campari. I do have these little... That's perfect. These cool little samplers. Because I can't buy everything. So these are cool, too, if you ever get, like, these jigger yep, glasses. I, I actually do have one of those in my house. These are nice for a cocktail like this, where you're just going to put it all in one glass anyways. All right, so we've used... So, I'm going to go... Yeah, might as well. Jim Beam. Oh, I was almost completely prepared. Everything was open, except for the Jim Beam Black. I love this bourbon, by the way. Yep. Oh, it's so good. So you can just add it all together. Yeah. That's perfect. As long as you can add. You know, it's, it's one ounce <laughs> of each. Yeah, and then that's you're why you buy one of those things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just double what it is. Yeah. Add it on top. So I'm going one ounce of each. You might have a recipe that calls for three quarters of an ounce of each. I'm just going to go for it. I mean, yeah. There's two of us putting it, so. Yeah, yeah. So basically, this is three ounces of booze that we're making. <laughs> wear that change color immediately yeah this looks like crack and rum now this stuff is a game changer i am in love with this yeah. what's great is you can just pour it in a glass drink it uh you could probably like sip this with tonic water yeah, the like amount of flavors i had when you just gave me a, a drink of that was unbelievable you make like a low sort of a low alcohol kind of spritzer yep. type deal for this one i'm actually going to use some orange bitters. Okay. Brighten it up a little bit. And these are Reagan's bitters. They're developed by a guy named Gary Reagan, who's kind of one of the godfathers of modern bartending. Uh, there's a few of these guys that as bartenders we kind of geek out about. Uh, David Woodrich, um, Gary Reagan, kind of some of the, the big ones. Then I'm just going to stir this. And you're not shaking it because you don't want the water to try to dilute into it yeah so i mean the ice cubes are diluted too. as yeah you don't want to break down the ice cubes and water down the drink anymore and typically as a rule of thumb you don't shake whiskey okay unless you're using citrus with it because you, you shake everything cook. but the whiskey pretty much right? yeah okay yeah whiskey's just one of those things you never really want to shake but again, in, unless you're adding citrus and, yep. and then egg you've got to break it down into yeah. yep. So again, really easy cocktail to make. The color on that is beautiful. It's like a ruby red almost. Yeah. And again, we're just going to garnish this. It's a little orange twist. We'll complement those orange bitters. Important. Don't just cut the twist and throw it in there. It really is important to twist that. It's it like releases the oils. The yeah. 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 If you guys could see, you'd actually see it almost Mist. sweating out. 
Yeah, sometimes I think you had miss. me do it one time. I did a squirt in my eye, and I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, it'll <laughs> mist up, and it's flammable, too. Oh, really? So if you do it right, you can kind of twist it and light, like, a match underneath it, and it will sparkle wow. on its way down. Wow, bartender yeah. trick. <laughs> All right, give sure. it a taste. Smells so good. Sniff it around each. Mm -hmm. Grab... Yeah. Oh my gosh. You can taste that. Vermouth. The vermouth? Oh my gosh. It really like, between that and the orange, like everything blends perfectly together. And again, easy cocktails. You know, if you're a bourbon drinker, it's okay to drink cocktails. Uh, you can order these out in restaurants. Any self-respecting bartender should know this, how to make these. Where do you go? Par and par with the cigar. Yeah. Yeah, like, agreed. I, I, like, right when I tasted that, I was like, I could have a little cigar on that. And what's fun with cocktails like that to me is I've got that vermouth. But if you're, you know, like a vermouth nut, like our friend Peter, yeah. um, he's got four or five or 12 different yeah. vermouths at home. So he can make different variations by changing the bourbon from a Jim Beam Black to an Evan Williams to a Wild Turkey, yep. you've got a completely different Yeah, those are cocktail. three different drinks right there. Yeah. Um, if you've got Campari at home and Aperol or a Luxardo bitter, like you can change the drink just by changing the bitter mm -hmm. components. So there's a lot of different variations you can do with it. Like you said, it's perfect with a cigar. And if you've got somebody, again, who... If you're new to bourbon, if you're, you know, you're dating somebody and they want to start drinking bourbon with you and they can't go straight into 120 proof, barrel yeah. proof bourbon and you want a way to kind of get them in, this is going to give you some bourbon flavor, but with some other sort of elements of sweetness. Mm. So, yeah, we'll, we'll finish with this one. We got any good comments there? We had Peter Thomas immediately say, I'm ready. <laughs> all right so this again talking about places that i have been in louisville there's a place in louisville called the sealbach hotel oh, that's what it was. business was a little bit down there was a bartender there who was trying to generate interest in the bar and he claimed to have kind of found this old recipe book inside the wall that had this old recipe for a Seelbach cocktail, kind of their yep. signature drink. And I've been there. It's a bar where, first of all, it's gorgeous. It's just, it's something out of a movie. You walk in and everything is ornate. It's historic. You walk through like the lobby. The bar is kind of in the back corner. And it's a bar where you like walk in and there's like, the floor is there. But then you have to take like four steps down to like a lower level mm -hmm. And then the bar, it, the bar is like sunken in the room. Like you, when you walk in, you're looking down at the okay. bar. It's really, really cool. In every bar in Louisville, especially these bars, are just you look at the bourbons and you're like, Jesus, I can't even order that for the store here. And you've got six open bottles of Pappy on the bar yeah. with, you know, single barrel restaurant picks on the bar. That's wild. It, it's crazy. Um, yeah. So I went in and, you know, we're at... I was there with other bartenders, and they're like, oh, we have to go to the Sealbach. I have to be a cliche tourist. Go to the Sealbach and order a Sealbach. Kind of the joke of the drink was this guy claimed that it came from 
you know, like the 1930s. Because again, Al Capone used to hang out there. There's actually an escape route in the basement that he used to take when Prohibition agents would come in looking for him. It turns out like 10 years later after the drink became popular, the guy came out and basically said, it's all kind of BS. I made the whole story up. But by then, it was the so cocktail big, yeah. had become a signature cocktail. Again, really, really easy to make. But what I love about this, a lot of people like mimosas on Sunday morning. This is like a mimosa, but for a bourbon drinker. Really, really easy cocktail to make. We're going to build it in here. Chill it up. Ice in there. And I got to admit, I am a sucker for bubbles. Uh, I just love champagne, yep. Prosecco, 100%. Cava. So refreshing. Yeah, just I, there's something about it I just love the flavor of. I love bourbon and bubbles. To me, they just pair so really, does, really well. When you put bubbles like if you poured some bubbles in, on the ice right now it would foam up pretty quick yeah right? it would it would and i mean reality wise i probably should have chilled the, the yeah. sparkling but whatever <laughs> so we're using some recipes call for four dashes of ango four dashes of peychaudes uh some go the other way around i think it doesn't really matter the exact amount because dashes are really when you pour how, how a dash you, yeah how do you know I think the guy was just sort of having fun. With <laughs> You're just picking numbers out of a hat. Kind of like Shakespeare writing language that's so hard to say just because you yeah. wanted to mess with the actors. So I'm going to go four dashes of Peychaud's and three dashes of Angostura bitters. Then we're going to do... Let me go Rebel with this. Softer, sweeter, weeded whiskey... Also, 100 proof, so the flavor is going to come through. And do an ounce of bourbon. And some of the recipes call for an ounce of uh, half an ounce of triple sec. I've seen, you know, Grand Marnier, Cointreau. I'm going to use a half an ounce of orange curacao. And again, this stirred cocktail. Mm -hmm. Not shaking our whiskey. We're basically stirring it so that we get it cold. And I remember being at this hotel bar and the woman who made the drink, you know, I literally I was like, I'm sorry, I'm gonna be cliche and just I'm gonna order a seal back. And I remember she called me darling. She looked like she could have been old enough to have waited on Al Capone. Like, <laughs> like they built the hotel around her uh, at some point. And she was just as sweet as pie, as nice as could be. Um, it was just totally a, a doll. A doll. All right. I'm going to split this into two. But basically what you do is you pour it into a champagne glass or a wine glass or however you want to do it. Top it with bubbles.
And Sunday brunch just got a little bit better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I wonder how many bars around here are like uh, breakfast places around here would be able to make this. Yeah, I mean, you'd probably have to go to a, like a craftier yeah. kind of bar. But again, it's we just made them, so they're not that hard to no, make at, at home. It's just like if you have the stuff to make it. And a lot of the stuff that I use, and I'd like to, there's nothing that drives me more nuts than when you sell somebody on the spirit and they go home and they use like two drinks worth and then they don't know what to do with it. So, yeah. I mean, I had orange curacao because I think I was making maybe Mai Tais or something. But if you've got triple sec that you've been using for margaritas or Cosmos, you can use that yeah. in this. Um, you don't need a specific type of bourbon. You don't need a specific type of bubbles. You know, maybe you guys are, as a couple, you're doing Sunday brunch, you're having some friends over. Maybe some of you want mimosas. Hello, Michael. Uh, good to hear from you. Thanks for watching. Peter Thomas, always there. I just love yeah. bourbon and bubbles. And it's such a, like a random, you would never expect to put the two yep. together at all. And guys, if somehow you feel emasculated drinking out of a champagne glass, <laughs> grow up. Put it in a, a, <laughs> an old-fashioned glass or whatever. <laughs> yeah. It's still delicious. Mm -hmm. All right. Cheers. Cheers, brother. Cheers, man. This has been fun. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Boozy. Mm -hmm. Fruity. Bubbly. I love that for, for Sunday morning. I mean, I'm taking that over vodka and oranges too. Just yeah, yeah. all day. Yep. Better than mimosas. A little bit more refreshing than Bloody Marys. Although I'm not going to ever no. get rid of my bloodies. <laughs> but just a, a fun alternative to Sunday mornings. That's it. There's a few things that you can do with bourbon that are really, really easy with ingredients that you can sort of have multi-use. You know what? We're going to finish with one more. I lied because it's the other thing. Every time we do these videos, there's just stuff there's everywhere. More. But I wanted to do this one for you. Oh, let's go. How do you know it's coming? So this is a fun one. And one, I know that you like this. And two... I was kind of inspired by the whole Fred Minnick thing of how much he loves Jack and Coke. So this is a recipe that we came across a while ago. It's a cocktail called the Tallulah. And it's based on sort of a southern tradition where apparently they mix salted nuts in their Coke. And it was made with Jack. We're gonna do it with four roses. Nice, simple. I'm gonna do an ounce of bourbon. I'm pumped, you brought this out, let's go. This is also a fun one. Um, Especially if you're just hanging out watching with, the football game. Hey, with friends and stuff, yeah. and they see you making this, like, what are you doing, dude? It's like, you just wait till you try it. And a lot of the stuff we've talked about, we've done 
episodes before on bitters in on Orja. Fee Brothers, again, they use good quality ingredients. I know it's a big bulk brand, but it's still really, really good stuff. You can make your own Orja. It's not easy, but it can be done. I'm just taking the cheap, lazy way out. I'm going to use a half an ounce of Orja in here. So if you bought this to make Mai Tais, I know during like COVID, in the height of it, we were selling a ton oh of it. We gosh. couldn't actually get this in. You have orchid syrup? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to kind of break my own rule here. Because you can actually just build this in the glass, go whiskey, yeah. uh, the mixer, orja. But I'm just going to give it a quick little shake. And mostly just because I want to incorporate these two ingredients. somewhere right in front of us <laughs> so this is a fun way to if you like jack and cokes this is kind of a, a fun little way to amp it up top it with some cola it looks pretty cool in the glass as well yeah, it does. and then sort of the the garnish <laughs> salted Peanuts. Did I tell you this is great. <laughs> the salt combined with all of it makes it so yeah. The good. salt really kind of takes the edge off of some of the sweetness of that orja. Oh, man down! Now we're gonna wrap it up. <laughs> clean up this mess there we go cheers, cheers brother up. hope you guys had some fun hope you guys uh are inspired to try some of this stuff out and uh yeah cheers, cheers. Mm. that was so good spot on and you got your bar snacks right there in the glass as well Wait, what? Yeah. yeah this is going to be weird. No, I, just, I just heard the names. Yeah, so this is going to be a quick yay or nay, definitely nay tasting. <laughs> I hope these blow up. Blow up. I, yeah, I hope these are the most amazing things ever. I, the color scheme just looks sun faded. Squeeze that one. It's a little... Yeah. Off to a bad start. All right. We got to start with that one. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, Main Craft <laughs> Distilling Tasty Beverages, it's called. I don't know if that's an LLC or a line extension or I don't know what's going on. I feel like when you look at a Chinese menu and it's like delicious chicken is the, like, yeah. <laughs> are you trying to convince me? All right. It's clear. Yep. No nutritional facts. It doesn't smell terrible. I hate the package. So literally the product is called Tasty Beverages. 
Tasty beverages from Minecraft store, starting with mermaid tears, seaweed and citrus. What a combination! <laughs> That's wild. Oh, oh. oh nope. Oh, Woof. Nope. That's nay. No. <coughs> oh wow. I don't taste. I don't taste seaweed or citrus. Ooh, that was gross. I taste mermaid yeah. tears. <laughs> now I know why she's crying. <laughs> this is the best she can give me? Wow, okay. Curious sailor. Curious sailor. Number of connotations. Yes. Grapefruit, orange, and lime. All right, this is, seems Here a little go. more normal. Come on. Ugh. That makes the list of top ten worst things I've ever tasted. Yeah. <laughs> you said rifle through these. We really are rifling mm. through these. Oh, like the sugariness of oh. that's disgusting. Oh. What's funny is the package says less sugar, <laughs> but I don't know less than what. Like yeah, less sugar doesn't label how much less sugar than has. convenience store purple drink. Like, <laughs> it was explained to me that they're using some sort of fake sugar but not other fake sugars that other people used or, or, I was explained it was a better fake sugar but so far 0 for 2 maybe yeah. negative 1 for 2 yeah definitely negative 1 curious seller nay also nay alright on to meadow magic meadow magic alright this is the elderflower lemon was poppy fields already copywritten <laughs> well if you can go with alliteration go with alliteration <laughs> Meadow magic. I also feel like this could be a strain of weed. Like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> purple cushion meadow magic. Are they supposed to be spirit based? Yes. I know they're seven percent, and I know they make spirits. Okay, Grain neutral spirits. Yeah. This one's more tolerable than both the other two, I think. It's drinkable. I'll give it that. It's not an immediate dump. It's better than the other two, but it's not great. My it's first impression is soap. Okay. Yeah, I get Like bath soaps or like something your girl would use to make bubble bath. Like I get store brand Sprite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Elderflower is a dangerous flavor. Because yes. it's so, you know, even... Like the Saint Elder or um, Saint Germain, like mm. a oh. pinch of that goes oh, a long way. Sparkle Pony. Sparkle Pony. Sparkle Pony. All right, it's got the best name, that's for sure. Yeah. Rhubarb and lime. That'd be tart. You put rhubarb in here. That'd be tart. Ten-year-old girls would love this. Smells not good. Nope. Oh God, it smells like some flavored vodka. Like pink cotton candy. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> Wow, I thought oh. the seaweed one was going to be the worst one <laughs> Wow They did that on purpose Holy crap That tastes like dish soap That does taste like dish soap That was We're going to stack these glasses And throw them and away, throw them away. <laughs> <laughs> I have never tasted Anything as bad as that. 
I say this every time. I don't know how this got down the chain. So this is how did they get it. through R and D? Like, well, you're assuming this company has R and D. Oh my god! These are the same people that make blueberry moonshine. That is delicious. Yeah. Wow. Oh. Oh for four, minimum. And oh we, for four. We finished at the lowest point. Uh, Which is ironic because we <laughs> thought we were starting at the lowest. I tried to go in ascending order. <laughs> wow. wow. They, they, they hit rock bottom and kept digging. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's. Can we get that little old man back here? So <laughs> I can kick him? Or... <laughs> get over here. Give me your kneecap. Oh. Tried and true. Let's do something we know is going to taste good. Yeah. All right. Just like sour. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiled. Revisiting an old friend. You try these? are a bomb. No, it doesn't sound that good. Me and me, dude. What about Sparkle Pony? Oh. Sparkle Pony? It's geared towards 10 year old girls. I don't, I don't know who else is interested in Sparkle yeah. Pony. Teenagers hanging out at yeah. the liquor store. Hey, can we smell a Sparkle Pony? <laughs> like on the whiteboard in the meeting, like. Our target demographic is... Yeah, literally. <laughs> Seriously, who would really think that seaweed and citrus is a good combination? <laughs> who would think that that's not the worst one in the bunch? <laughs> Very strange. All right, classic Sam Adams. Samuel Adams. Just came out. Boston Lager. Yep. <laughs> Solid. <out> 1985. <laughs> Solid. Can't Fresh. Really can't. Exactly. A little hint of bitter hops. Like. It's a nice palate cleanser. Mm -hmm. that. Seriously. I threw it in just because it is a style of a Vienna lager, which you don't see. No one makes Vienna lagers. Even mm. in Austria and Germany, really? no one really makes Vienna lagers. And it's very similar to Marzen's. It's like, okay. It's, yeah. it's like the next step up or down. I mm -hmm. think which way. I think, I think it's down. This is so. a style of uh, Vienna? Vienna lager. Is Vienna lager. Yeah. yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. And like I said, no one really, it's a very old style. No one really does it anymore. It's the only one I've had of the Vienna is the, uh, is that music group, that, that music place that made them, the, uh, was it? Oh, uh, Von Schrapp? Yes. Okay, yep. Yeah. Mm. Yep, they do one, I want to say Brooklyn Lager is a Vienna Lager, but don't quote me on that. Um, Modelo, Negro Modelo. Okay. It's a Mexican style, it's a, technically a okay. Mexican mm. style, but it's in the style of a Vienna Lager, same as, uh, Dosa Keys Amber. So it's one of those German Germans fleeing. Now World that you War say II, it, went to Mexico. I can tell. Like, yeah, I didn't realize it until you brought it up, and now I can really kind of taste that Vienna style. That's so crazy. Besides the fact that it's darker than what we would think a lager would be, like mm. to me, I think lager. I think like Hellas Kolsch, yep. that sort of crystal clear style. What is the other sort of distinguishing? Um, just. The style is brewed, it's usually the caution mash, which means you take a little bit out of the mash while it's mashing, and then heat it up to even higher, and then put it back in. Mm -hmm. um, it, what it does, it's called step, step something, step mashing or step, uh, um, and instead of your temperature gradually increases, all of a sudden it hits the next level, um, so that'll bring out uh, some more maltiness, it, it goes to like, I hate to say smoothness, because it doesn't mean anything, but it smooths out the yep. beer. I give Jim Cook credit just to like launch this when he launched mm. this as a darker style. 
mm -hmm. was a pretty brave and bold move. He had a vision. When you think America at that time was Bud and Bud Light. Yeah. yeah there, there weren't craft breweries. There were, but... And nobody was drinking darker beer. Oh, yeah. Bud Light, Miller Light, Coors Light. And you looked at this. This is practically a stout compared mm -hmm. to those. So. Sam Oktoberfest. In the style of a Marzen, yep. so it should be fairly similar. You know, so I should say Sam Adams Boston Lager is a little bit hoppier than, it sh than a, the style dictates. But once again, no one knows what the style should taste like, yep. so you can kind of get away with it. I feel like Sam was kind of the first one that did Oktoberfest. I feel like, too. I don't... I should really research the history. I mean, they were the first American brewery allowed in Germany that right. followed the... the very impurity mm -hmm. loss, so it makes sense they would do an Oktoberfest. Yeah, and since there weren't really any other craft breweries at the time. Yeah. I mean, you're talking at that time, what did you have? Anchor? You had Anchor, you had Sierra. Sierra, I think, came a couple of years later. Mm -hmm. Not many years later. Boulder? People forget about Boulder. That was 1980. They were one of the, probably wow. one of the first, yeah. Um,. And after that, yeah, because Boston Beer started, and then Shipyard started after that. Catamount mm. started after that. Mm. So even those old school ones were still late to the game yep. compared to Sam Adams. That's good. Solid. This is mm. what Americans think when they think Oktoberfest. Mm -hmm. so. Of course, they think Oktoberfest is the style. It's the style, <laughs> right, yeah. But for an Amarzen, American Marzen, mm -hmm. I think it's damn good. Yep. It's easy to make fun of Sam Adams because they're the big corporate guys, mm -hmm. but... <clears throat> There's a, reason why, there's, a, there's a reason why they're so good. Yeah. Mm. It's like the Jim the Beams and the Evan Williams yep. yeah. in bourbon. Like, yeah. yep. It's the same thing we always talk about. It's like, oh, you walk by it because uh, Jim Beam. It's, it's there it's all the time. Yep. Opener? Yeah, I usually keep one right here. There we go. This one? Yeah. See if you remember the... The brand. It looks like Brahma. Yeah. Yep. Oh, <laughs> yes. Unless I had a dozen of these in my merchandising van. <laughs> well, keeping in line with Oktoberfests. Another Massachusetts classic. Now, have they tweaked this? Watch to, my, to my knowledge, no. Um, to my knowledge, it's still an ale, so not an Oktoberfest, not a Marzen or Fest beer. Mm. Just an amber ale, I guess. It's quicker to brew. That's basically what it is. Instead of the turnaround's a lot quicker, so. The constant evolutionary packaging change of what you sit and Slightly more orange, slightly less orange. Mm -hmm. The barn's bigger, the barn's <laughs> smaller. Now there's two barns on the wheel. <laughs> I went to Wachusa for the first time like about a month ago. I love that place. That place is so That's cool. It's great. The, the work they've put into it is unbelievable. Un really? Yeah, because I, I went there when it was raining. It was like starting to rain when I got there. So like I, I couldn't get the full experience of going outside and like, mm. um, but I got, I, like, I saw the area. It's massive. Massive. <laughs> and it's, it's awesome in there. They all, used to do a festival is... up there. Yeah. They had, like bands and all kinds of food and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the staff up there was awesome. Mm -hmm. They treated me very well. And yeah, I can't re recommend going there. Like, yeah, I absolutely. love that place. Little did I know it was 15 minutes from my house. 
literally in my backyard. Because I, I remember going there when they, you know, they were still Wachusett, but 15 years later after they started, and the, the place was tiny. There was no outdoor seating, yeah. no food, no drinks. Mm. You couldn't get a pint there. Mm. You can get samples. They could fill your growler as well. Um, but, like, it, the bar was the size of this bar. That was it. And they had, you know, five, ten taps. Mm. That was it. That was the whole brewery. Not to mention, there's a, another place right by my house, pretty much in my backyard, if you guys are ever interested. It's called Lilac Hedge Farm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's beautiful. It used to go be the old Heifer Project where I grew up, where you'd go as a oh, little nice. kid, and you'd grow, uh, go and see, like, you'd walk down this path, and it'd be, like, animals from every country kind of type thing. Mm-hmm. Like, there's emus, there's camels, there's everything. And then you actually had a bad fire, and then somebody from Rutland who had a farm already bought that place, and they cut half the barn in half, opened it up. You can buy beers there. Like they have a great beer selection. Nice. Um, between like seven saws, like all like the craft breweries around here, kind of warm town, like all that. Okay. You can also get domestics and stuff, and then it, it opens up into a huge farm area. It's like you can see the sunset. Beautiful nice. out there. Definitely recommend going out there. What was the name of it? Lilac Hedge. Lilac Hedge. Okay. Yeah, definitely. I think you you and Josh definitely look at it because well, it's awesome. Always looking for fall shit to do. So. Yeah. Oh, I, it's gonna be beautiful in the fall. I live in the middle of the woods, so like, you get all the leaves changing colors yeah. like this. So yeah, Wachusett Oktoberfest. It does say ale right on the label, so hmm. it's cheating. It's not bad, but I let you know me. I like lagers. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I don't mind an amber ale, but to call it an Oktoberfest is a I kind of wish there was some distinction between shades of orange. <laughs> between the pumpkin and the October. Yeah, they didn't do their market research on this. What you said, pumpkin. 6.6, too. A little hefty. Mm. Oh, it smells great. I feel like this has changed. I feel like it's changed a dozen times in the past five years. It was... I think the when it first launched, it was pumpkin. Pumpkin, yeah. Because it was only available in cans. Yep. I don't even remember that. And then it was booyah. Oh, that's right. I yep. forget about. I remember that mm-hmm. with a little ghost on it. Yeah, the the, the jack o' lantern yeah, in the front. Yeah. Yep. And now it's just pumpkin, pumpkin mm-hmm. ale, glass bottles. It's everything you want a pumpkin beer. Yep. Mm-hmm. Balanced pumpkins you there, but it's subtle. And then mm. you get yep. that beer flavor. Nutmeg, allspice. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, delicious. Yeah. I always say, like, I'm not the biggest fan of pumpkins. I, I like Octobers. I lean towards those. Mm. But the pumpkins are. This was, it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. it's solid. Mm. Has anybody tasted pumpkin head this year? To... I do my best not to. Yes. <laughs> See if it continues its shelters are really good. This <laughs> pumpkin seltzers. Are I will good. eventually have a pumpkin head. I'm assuming it tastes like it has always tasted for the past 15 years. Yeah. Oh, with the sugared rim that every bartender hates. Yep. I've already seen about. Because they clog up the draft tray and they get stuck in the line. Oh, and, ugh. So I've already about, seen about 40 Instagram stories. It's that time of year. Mm-hmm. It's still like 80 degrees out. We need to just yeah. relax for like yeah. two more weeks, please. Although I will say it was pretty, pretty cold this morning. <laughs> I left my house, it was like 45 degrees out. Yeah, it was a little chilly. It was kind of nice, though, to be honest. All right, and lastly, um, 
I mean, the regular pumpkin is 6.6. .6. The Imperial is 8. It's less than a point and a half more, but... You have to label it as an Imperial once it hits 8. You don't have to label it anything. anything. Yep. yep. You'd be like a 12%, you should be like, yeah. Yep, absolutely. Really? Yeah. There's no laws. Uh, you don't even have to put the ABV on there. Which is annoying as hell. You really should. You yeah, should, if yeah. If, if, like, if you're going to be... Uh, competition to ever other companies you should 100 i think customers should know what they're drinking mm -hmm. too yes you know? yeah if you think you're picking up a five percenter and it's a seven like mm -hmm. that could be a significant yeah difference it tastes kind of the same but it's still got more mm -hmm. ABV in it so you're like oh, why mm -hmm. did i drink six i'm on the floor right now mm -hmm. if from when i started it was more of a marketing thing of like who could have the most yeah alcohol it was kind of like the old days of ibus like oh right yeah which didn't really mean anything. But. <laughs> when I was working at the deli with that sold alcohol, like every beer had like the IBUs on it. And I was always asking, like, what does that even mean? Like nobody had like a solid answer for me. I was like, what is this? Like, why do you put it on the can then? It was a cool thing to spout back in the day before hazy and juicy became the new way to, to market IPAs. Um, you wanted your IPA to be as bitter as possible. Okay. Um, Is that what IBU stands for? IBU bitterness? stands for International Bitterness Unit. Oh, okay. um, And people would that. falsely equate it with the higher the IBU, the higher the, the hoppiness. Hoppiness, the, okay. The, or the bitterness, which is not true. <laughs> not true at all. IBU is actually a scientific equation. I don't quite know how to measure it, but <laughs> yeah. it, has, yeah. it has to do with the alpha acids that you use in the hops versus... Um, how much uh, liquid that goes into the beer? Like, there's, there's literally so, like, a two scientific... companies could have the same IBU, but it could taste different. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, I've had thirty IBU IPAs that are more bitter than a hundred IBU IPAs. Okay, and that's just like IBUs. Uh, they appeal. They're they're for every style of beer, not just IPAs. So like there are stouts that are 150 IBUs, mm. but you don't taste any bitterness because there's so much malt and, dark, yeah, and alcohol and covering it. So, so and I'm I'm so glad we've moved past the IBU measurement. Yeah, because it doesn't mean anything. Because like yeah, like I said, like once I started working here, it's I kind of like depleted out. I was like, where are they? Like because that's kind of what I I didn't base mm. it off that, but I was like IBUs. Like I kind of like say 30 or 100, like you said, but then now it it was off, and I was like. What were those? <laughs> so I've got to think like 50 IBUs of Simcoe as opposed to 50 from Citra. Right, yeah. Are two totally different flavor profiles. Oh, 100%, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could just tone down your malt bill and just throw a ton of pops in mm -hmm. there and still get, you know, 30 IBUs, but it'll still be one of the most bitter IPAs. But people don't want bitter IPAs anymore. They want... Hazy juicy, they want yeah, easy to drink. Right, yeah. they want sunny D, but with alcohol. Yeah, so they don't want sugar. bitterness. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, exactly. So, so anyway, watch your imperial pumpkin. It's. <laughs> I feel like this is more malty than the regular pumpkin. Taste the, you kind of taste the alcohol a little. Yeah, which is fine. A little warming effect. Yeah, I think I like it a little bit better than the regular pumpkin. Mm. So I think that dialed up alcohol kind of checks things. Those 16 ounce cans too? 16 ounce cans. And to my knowledge, this, this is the first year they've done it in, God, five or six years. They used to do this beer. Did they do an Imperial Pumpkin before? They did. 
maybe it was brewery only or something like that, but they've definitely done it before. So is this going to be like a new rotational? Because I know we had the Imperial Blueberry. Yes. They're going to be doing... Is it, was kind? Imperial Blueberry just seasonal? That was their summer. Okay. Um, this is their fall. Uh, and they're also doing uh, Imperial IPA rotating line. Okay. Um, so we don't have it yet. It should be co should be coming tomorrow. Um, in the th in the theme of their new massive haze, they're going to be doing the next one is a colossal haze, sixteen ounce four packs, line price. So I wonder if this packaging eight percent two four six eight. I'm assuming that's what they went for because otherwise the label is awful. Yeah. <laughs> it's just orange dots. Yeah. At least like make these pumpkins. Yeah, seriously. They kind of cut down on their. Uh... <laughs> Their marketing budget must be a yeah. little low at the moment. Ran out of labeling dollars this quarter. <laughs> yeah. Will they ever bring back the pickle beer? I don't know, but I did find out. Um, so Kaylee stopped by our local watch store. Thank you for the samples, mm -hmm. Kaylee. Appreciate it. Um, they're going to, in their mix pack for the fall. There's the nut brown. Which, wow, yeah, nice. So they brought back the Nut Brown. It's only available in the mix pack. And in the winter, the mix pack will have Black Shack Porter. Nice. So, what is Nut, nut Brown, Nutmeg Brown Ale? Nut, no. It's just Nut Brown nut brown Ale. Oh, okay. Which is actually a recognized style of beer. There's This one's what you said, Nut Brown. Okay. So, but it was, that was one of like their core beers back in the 90s, okay. 2000s. Yeah. And, you know, over time, people stopped bringing, drinking Brown Ale, so they discontinued it, mm -hmm. but... They are bringing it back. Every now and then, there's a 60-year-old guy. Who, yep. But yeah. yeah, Black Shack, Nut Brown, obviously Country. Country, yeah. Uh, milk Stout. Was when, that, when their Milk Stout first came out in 22. That was huge. That was, oh. Isn't, so Country is a... Country was their the, first beer. That was the flagship, yep. Yeah. Is that some, Okay, you, that's not a Nut Brown Ale. That's, no, 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 no. no, no, no. no. We're, we're just listing their, yeah. like, old school... It's funny you say that, because my mother... Came home the other day. She's like, I went to the liquor store. I couldn't find Country Ale anywhere. So I came here. I was like, I know we have Country. So yeah, mm -hmm. she was pumped. And I, I, I don't think I've like literally ever had Country Ale before that. And I, they're good. Yeah, solid beer. That's why it's Creepy been around for, yeah. forever. Yeah. Like. Mm -hmm. Consistent. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 